From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. As we begin this new year, we invite you to hear Dr. Cairns as he continues a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. My grace is sufficient for thee. If none of God's saints were poor and tried, we should not know half so well the consolations of divine grace. When we find the wanderer who has not where to lay his head, who yet can say, Still will I trust in the Lord. When we see the pauper starving on bread and water, who still glories in Jesus. When we see the bereaved widow overwhelmed in affliction, and yet having faith in Christ, oh, what honor it reflects on the gospel. God's grace is illustrated and magnified in the poverty and trials of believers. Saints bear up under every discouragement, believing that all things work together for their good, and that out of apparent evils a real blessing shall ultimately spring, that their God will either work a deliverance for them speedily, or most assuredly support them in the trouble, as long as He is pleased to keep them in it. This patience of the saints proves the power of divine grace. There is a lighthouse out at sea. It is a calm night. I cannot tell whether the edifice is firm. The tempest must rage about it and then I shall know whether it will stand. So with the Spirit's work. If it were not on many occasions surrounded with tempestuous waters, we should not know that it was true and strong. If the winds did not blow upon it, we should not know how firm and secure it was. The masterworks of God are those men who stand in the midst of difficulties, steadfast, unmovable, calm at the bewildering cry, confident of victory. He who would glorify his God must set his account upon meeting with many trials. No man can be illustrious before the Lord unless his conflicts be many. If then yours be a much-tried path, rejoice in it, because you will the better show forth the all-sufficient grace of God. As for his failing you, never dream of it. Hate the thought. The God who has been sufficient until now should be trusted to the end.
midst of this increasingly secularized and materialistic society, multitudes of men, women, and young people seem to have forgotten that they have immortal souls, and that one day they must stand before a holy God and face the ultimate judgment. Despite every effort to banish the reality of death from the mind, the Word of God declares, "...it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment." How can a person be ready for that awful day? Is there a way to face God without fear? The great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon answered this question in a powerful sermon entitled, Preparing to Meet God. Let the Bible Speak now offers a booklet published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, which contains this vital message under the title, Preparing to Meet God. In addition to the sermon text, the publication contains a brief biographical sketch of Spurgeon's life, as well as a schedule for reading the Bible through in a year, all contained in an attractive, conveniently sized booklet. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864 844-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of Preparing to Meet God, and we'll be happy to provide it.
the recent broadcasts on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns has been focusing on Christ's transfiguration, as recorded in Luke chapter 8, under the title, A Glimpse of the Glory of Christ. It is interesting to note when the transfiguration happened. It was shortly after the Lord Jesus had spoken to the disciples about his approaching death and resurrection. Peter's immediate response had been, No, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Christ termed these words as having come from Satan, for the evil one sought to prevent Christ from going to the cross. All too often people want a religion without the blood. Yet the Bible declares that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Unlike all other religious leaders, Christ's death would be followed by glory. Now here is Dr. Cairns to continue this message, a glimpse of the glory of Christ. We need a perfect glory from an earned righteousness. And thank God Christ is showing us here the only righteousness that has glory acceptable to God is that which he has established through his life and through his death, witnessed by God in his resurrection. That's the glory of which the disciples caught a glimpse, a preview, and that's the glory I want you to realize today. What this says, in effect, is Christ is needed by every sinner who ever hopes to stand before God and gain acceptance. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Let me quote again Martin Lloyd-Jones's lovely title to a sermon on that particular verse, Acts 4, verse 12, No Second Name. No second name. There is only one name given by God distributed by the gospel among men to tell them whereby they must be saved. There's only one glory that God accepts, one righteousness that God accepts. The question is, how do I obtain that righteousness? Can I pay for it? No, I can't. Can I get it because of the intensity of my praying? No, I can't. Can I obtain it? By any act of religious worship, no, I can't. I obtain it by the free gift of God, received by faith alone. God's wisdom is never more clearly seen in that faith alone clause in the gospel. It robs a man of all self-righteousness. If you're going to trust the merits of Christ, you first of all give up all other merit. If you're going to trust the name of Jesus, then you throw over every other name. If you're going to uh, abandon yourself to the mercy of God in Christ, then you give up hope in every other direction. It is Christ and Christ alone. Now that, that is the great sum of what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now we've got to proceed. It's interesting to note when it happened, when all these things happened. And I'll try to get through this simply and quickly and then finish with why it happened. But when did it happen? Verse 23 says, after these sayings. These sayings were the sayings that the Lord Jesus uh, had uh, given to his disciples at Caesarea Philippi concerning his death, his resurrection, and 
and this is very important, as we'll see as we go on, and they were sayings about the response that he demanded from men and women in the light of his sufferings, his death, his resurrection. Now, he had been speaking about these things, and the, the disciples were very upset. It's a wonderful thing when men think they know better than God. Here was the Son of God telling the disciples about the greatest events in history, the life, the death, the resurrection of the Son of God. And Peter immediately began to find fault and upbraid the Lord Jesus. Far be it from you, you're not going to go to the cross. Now there you've got an insight into the heart of man. And even when you're dealing with a good man like Peter, a man who had considerable spiritual insight even at this stage, for he had said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That by divine revelation. But when you look into the heart of any man, apart from special grace, man never wants the religion of the cross. Give us a salvation without blood. Give us a salvation without the sacrifice of Christ. Mr. Farr spoke about what was being taught, and more significantly, what was not being taught in most Presbyterian Sunday schools across America today. This is the reason for it. This is the reason for the great apostasy of the day in which we're living. It is a rejection of the old blood theology, the old doctrine of the substitutionary atonement rendered by Christ, apart from which there is no salvation. Men have taken religion and they've dressed it up in priests and popes and pastors and vestments and uh, incense and you name it, they have done it. That's religion. And it can't save anybody. I want you to understand that. It's why the Lord Jesus was so vehement in his response to Peter. When Peter said, no cross, immediately Christ put his finger on the source of that, and he said, get thee behind me, Peter. No. Get thee behind me, Satan. Now that's blunt enough, is it not? Coming from the lips of the meek and mild, Jesus Christ, coming from the lips of the Son of God, who is truth incarnate, without the shadow of error, he says, this is the doctrine of Satan. Anything that tries to get right with God or get people right with God, apart from the sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, is the voice of Satan. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, they'd been through all that. And then Jesus said to them, I'm going to rise again. They said, what is this resurrection from the dead? Immediately he went on, instead of explaining further, immediately he went on to make the point, and this is something we need to make today, that when I preach, and this was not just to the disciples, this was to the whole crowd of them, 
When I preach about my sufferings, my death, my resurrection, that demands a response from every man, and it's going to have a response from every man. In this, you can have no neutrality. Once you hear the name of Jesus, you're either for him or you're against him. Once you hear of the sufferings and death of Christ as the only way to heaven, you either receive it or you reject it. Once you hear of this worthy name, as his brother James called it, once you hear of this worthy name, you either embrace that name in faith and love, or you are ashamed of that name, to use the words that Jesus himself used. Now, these were the sayings, and immediately after these, eight days after these sayings, he showed them this glimpse of his glory. You see, the great truth that the disciples on the mount got preached to them. took a little while yet for it to get into them. But what was being presented to them was that the sufferings of the Lord Jesus must be followed by glory. This is the difference between the death of Jesus Christ and the death of every other man. There have been many religions, many religious leaders, many who have been called religious geniuses, many founders of religions. One thing they all have in common their death was exactly the same as your death or mine. They died, they got buried, they stayed dead, and their body, like John Brown's bones, lay moldering in the grave. That's true of every religious, political leader in the history of the world. But when Christ died... The sufferings led to glory, witnessed by what has been declared by some of the world's most eminent historians, not that it's true because they say it, it simply says they have some light, declared by some of the world's leading jurists over the years, just on an evidentiary basis, looking at the evidence, the most impregnable fact in history. You have more proof of this than you have that George Washington was the first of your presidents, or that he ever had that... Uh, meeting in the outhouse, or was it under a tree? You have more evidence of this. We used to say in Northern Ireland, the, the biggest historical event in the history of Northern Ireland was uh, William Prince of Orange, what we call King Billy crossing the Boyne, which actually is not in Northern Ireland at all. It just shows you how mixed up the Irish get. But that's where he won the battle that gave us the current British Constitution. 
We used to say there, we have more evidence, more, more proof, with more certainty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than that King Billy ever crossed the point. Here's the difference between the death of Christ and the death of everyone else. His death was followed by glory. And this is what he was showing to his disciples in advance, giving them a preview of the glory he had with him, Moses and Elias, representatives of that mighty army of Old Testament witnesses. Peter later said in his first epistle, chapter 1, verse 11, concerning these Old Testament prophets, that the Spirit of Christ was in them and testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. That's very good translation. But as Peter wrote it, doesn't make great English, but it's a beautiful phrase. Testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the after these glory. My, what a glory that is. Here's Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration saying, look at the cross, but realize this cross leads to glory. Led Christ to glory, and thank God it leads everyone who trusts in Christ to glory. But then verse 27, you'll notice that this came immediately after the remarkable statement, I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Now that has caused a lot of debate. It's usually taken as a promise to the disciples that the Lord Jesus was saying, look at this vast crowd. Well, there are some of my disciples here, and they are not going to die until they see the kingdom of God. And uh, as it's otherwise put, come in its glory or come in its power. The big debate there, does it mean that he's speaking of Peter, James, and John going up to the Mount of Transfiguration? Does it mean that his disciples would live to see the resurrection? Does it mean that they live to see the coming of the Spirit in the day of Pentecost? Or as many seem to think, that they live to see the fall of Jerusalem when Judaism would be swept aside and the gospel would finally be established in the world. Some indeed say it means the end of the age. I don't know how they make that out because there was nobody standing there who lived to see the end of the age. And after that, anyway, I don't think they were going to die. Personally, I think that if, notice the if, if this is a promise to the disciples at all, I think, despite what most of the scholars say, that it does refer to the Mount of Transfiguration. I don't want to go into that in a whole lot of detail. The objection that's usually raised is it doesn't, it's not much of a prophecy to say that there are people here who are going to be alive six days from now. That's the sort of stupidity as a, supposed to be a learned criticism, but that's the sort of stupidity I get really fed up reading when I'm reading these wonderful uh, erudite linguistic specialists. If they would only come down out of the clouds for a minute, they would realize that the length of time has absolutely nothing to do with it. The, the substance of the prophecy is they're going to see the kingdom in its glory. 
doesn't matter if it's six days or 600 days. That's the part. And certainly, if this is a promise to the disciples, it seems more than coincidental that in all the Gospels it's immediately followed by the Transfiguration. Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 